Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future Technologies, poised to transform our lives for better or worse, are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, today I have Christian Bucaleri. Uh, the CEO of Snaps, and the website is makesnaps.com. Christian, how are you doing? Great, Rich. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, if you would, can you describe for listeners what Snaps does? Sure. So um, Snaps kind of, uh, you know, it's our reason to exist is to help brands um, navigate the landscape of the mobile messaging space, um, uh, create, we help brands create experiences that they can deploy in uh, in message applications at scale, and then we help them get data and analytics back out of that ecosystem. Um, so we're you know kind of a an end to end like best overall solution for a brand to figure out how to market to consumers in places like Kick and Facebook Messenger and iMessage and uh, Viber and Line and um, and other kind of over the top messaging apps. So what's happening right now? Companies are using how many apps on average and what are they doing with the data or is it just yeah. being lost? Well, so I think, you know, the, we kind of started out this, this concept based on the fact that like, when, you know, when email became kind of a thing, you know, brands needed to figure out how to do email marketing and they would go to partners and technology solutions. They like, I think there's a lot of people using email. Like we don't really know how to make an email and send it. And we're not quite sure like what success metrics look like. And, um, you always know, think that it's about commerce, but you know, and so like that sort of all sounds really obvious right now. But I think when email first came out, it was kind of unclear how how brands were going to use it and, and what it was going to be used to drive. Um, and then when social media came out, um, you know, brands were like, oh, okay, so you know, I, I have a website. I, I get that. Like I, I take a bunch of creative and I am able to put it on the website. And we kind of figured out email, but like, what do we do with a Facebook page? Like, how do we make a Twitter profile? Like, what kind of content has to go on it? Um, and there were a number of kind of, you know, social marketing cloud businesses that went into existence to help brands kind of figure out how to make a Facebook page, how to respond to customer service queries, like how to respond to people, um, you know, in comments sections, like how to tweet effectively, like when to tweet effectively. And and then, you know, consumer attention sort of shifted from desktop to mobile. And then consumer attention shifted from a lot of apps to a very small amount of apps, right? So. Um, mobile messaging is probably the most used application um, on any mobile device globally. So there's, you know, a billion iOS users, the majority of whom use iMessage in some way. They're, you know, one point, I think 1.3 billion, based on latest numbers, 1.3 billion monthly active users uh, on Facebook Messenger. You know, Kick has over 300 million monthly active users. WhatsApp has over a billion monthly active users. And, and consumers tend to use messaging apps with great frequency. So, they're in message apps anywhere from, you know, a dozen to hundreds of times per day. Um, and they're, they're really mm-hmm. sticky. Um, and so, like, if you think about the places where you spend time on your mobile device, it's probably, you know, if you're, depending on your age, you, you might use email. Um, you certainly use some social apps like, you know, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat. And then you use some messaging apps, right? You probably use more than one. You might use iMessage. You might use Facebook Messenger, you might use Kick or Viber or Line, depending on where you have some family or friends. And so, you know, based on the fact that consumers are spending most of their time communicating in messaging apps, 
um, and most of their time on mobile, you know, consumer preferences have also shifted from calling businesses on phones to wanting to chat with them and some kind of conversational interface. And so, you know, based on the fact that there's billions of users using messaging apps every day, <laughs> similar to the web and email and social, you know, brands need to figure out um, how to sort of market to consumers without being overly um, aggressive in, in their sort of advertising and marketing tactics. And so well, those brands have come to Snaps and they, they create experiences that they can deploy in places like Messenger and iMessage. And so from an end user perspective, um, a lot of those look like uh, keyboards or iMessage packs or branded stickers or chatbots. And those get deployed in places like Messenger or on iMessage or in Kick. Um, yeah. And so they'll make creative, they'll deploy that at scale. Uh, they'll launch a bot on our platform. They'll deploy that at scale. Um, and then, you know, responses can be automated up to a certain point, And then we'll get them in touch with the human, you know, a human agent on the brand side when the, when the timing is right. And so, um, you know, we've been sort of making that plumbing for the last couple of years for, for brands in that space. And so in, in, in terms of your, you know, your question on data, um, you know, one of the reasons why they use us is we're able to sort of capture, store, and make sense of data, right? So how are users interacting with their content? You know, who's using your products? How are they using your products? How viral are your products? You know, well, what are people asking about in Messenger? Um, you know, what kinds of products are they most interested in purchasing? You know, um, things, things, things like that. So we, we, we think data is really important. And, uh, and on our platform, no, it's not getting lost. It's getting used. So you help brands use all these messaging apps where people live, you know, half the day sometimes to interact with them. And some of the ways are chatbots for what customer service, um, maybe uh, banners. I mean, what are, what are the, um, can you yeah, give a quick so, list in layman's terms? What are the ways that brands have chosen to interact with people? And is it a customer service yeah, capacity so, or is it like a marketing capacity? Well, I'll talk about bots first. So, so bots are basically conversational applications. So if you go on a Facebook messenger, you talk to a brand, they may respond in an automated way. And so basically that's a bot, right? I, I ask what the hours are. You, the bot tells me what the hours are. Um, but I think brands have been using that interface in really interesting ways. So some of our brands use it for content distribution. So um, daily updates on news, um, personalized content based on interests that you've told that bot, um, reminders around specific events that the brand might be related to. Um, some of them are using it for commerce, so places to sort of um, browse to book. So um, one of our hotel clients uses Facebook Messenger um, to launch a booking bot. So you can just type in, hey, I'm going to Austin next week, um, and they'll send you a list of hotels that you can just book right inside a Messenger. Um, and then some of them are using it for customer service. So, you know, what are your store hours? What products do you have right now? Um, you know, I have an issue and I want to talk to a customer service rep, you know, things of that nature. So, you know, the bot side can be anything from, yeah, I want like a content experience, like, you know, send me videos every day that'll help me, you know, um, that'll help me with my workouts or, um, you know, if your favorite football team is about to play in two hours, we can send you a message and ask you if we, you know, if you want some beer delivered to your house or, uh, or yeah, we could, you know, send you the latest pair of shoes that, uh, are super stylish before they go out in the store and you can order them and get them delivered and get your receipt, um, and a confirmation right inside messenger, or you could talk to a real person. So, so bots are really flexible. You can really use them for full stack experiences, like anything from branding, 
um, you know, to commerce, to customer service. And then, you know, other ways that brands interact is by, you know, providing content. So one of the things that we found pretty early on was that consumers, you know, look at content as currency inside Messenger. Um, and they love to send emojis, they love to send stickers, they love to send gifts, they love to send videos to one another. Um, so one of our products is a branded keyboard that a user can install, a consumer can install, and that'll give them a set of branded branded emojis to share with their friends. And on average, uh, consumers mm. that use our branded apps, you know, our branded keyboards send um, anywhere between 10 and 100 uh, pieces of content to their friends in, in places like iMessage wow. and Facebook Messenger. Um, and it's really viral. So if you get the right content experience, um, at the right time, you know, you can see 30 to 50% of, of your keyboard users actually be viral, right? So if I send you... So you should, um, let me interrupt you for a sec. So yeah. you could send, let's say, a Coca-Cola emoji. It looks like a little smiley face head or whatever body. And so Coca-Cola could use that to help drive people to engage with its brand without even trying because, for instance, people may want to send like these cool Coca-Cola emojis or something, right? That's yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and we've driven uh, hundreds of millions of branded content shares over the last twelve months. Um, it's definitely that's smart. something that's where smart. consumers are always looking for new ways to yeah, because people are always looking for new ways to be clever and creative and interesting and fun and um, you know for so brands it's a um, great way to kind of get in the middle of a conversation. All right, so whose idea is this? Is this are the brands doing this, and you're a consultant that says, hey, uh, you're missing these three channels, or are you, are you guys coming up with this stuff? like branded emojis and then saying to companies, hey, you should use this, use what it does. Yeah, so we're like a technology platform. So um, uh, we are a, um, you know, you can log into our dashboard and you can create your own emojis and you can, you know, distribute them out in Messenger apps. You can make your own bot and you can deploy that and then you can get analytics and data back out. And so, like, to some extent, like we let the world and let brands know, like, hey, this is a big space where a lot of people are spending a lot of time and you can do it in a brand friendly way that doesn't annoy customers and it doesn't, you know, uh, you know, it's not a spam channel. And brands are really receptive to that idea and consumers have been really receptive to it to date as well. So, you know, I, I think we kind of let brands know about the size of the space and how many people are using these applications um, and we tell them about the opportunities that they have to kind of get in, and then they can use our platform to create their own creative and deploy it and send messages and send notifications to, to keyboard users, and they can set up different rules to you know, reward users if they send a certain amount or you know, if they go through a bot all the way to the end, they can get a coupon. So you know, it, it's tied up into like brand marketing, loyalty, rewards, commerce, et cetera. So you guys came up with all this stuff, and then your sales guy, for instance, says, hey, Brand X, you know, we have all these ways for people to engage with you without you annoying them or them feeling like you're marketing to them or selling them. But that's essentially what you do is not only are you the platform that enables this, but you guys came up with these ideas and these ways of uh, of marketing and branding. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of based off of like things that we had that, that Vivian Rosenthal, my, you know, our, my, my co-founder and I kind of realized a little bit early on, which is, um, you know, teens and millennials and Gen Zs like really loved sending, you know, emoji content. They love sending stickers, uh, and they were doing that you know, largely at scale in places like messaging apps. And you know, there's, there's been a messaging app called Kick around for years, where you know uh, kids would kind of jump in and they would spend hours with these bots, like just kind of running through 
and they were more like games, you know, you kind of, it was like choose your own adventure and you could make a bunch of choices and, you know, they had this great sticker store and smiley store. So I wouldn't say that we developed that concept, you know, uh, at scale, but we kind of developed the idea that brands could do this too. Um, and, I, and, and then That's we really kind cool. of built a platform to enable it. Yeah. Well, brands are hungry for exposure, you know, like in movies, they want, uh, you know, a big star drinking a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi. You know, they want someone using a, you know, a whatever, a Verizon phone. So this is like right. a great outlet to do that without, yeah. you know, it's probably a less crowded channel. So I, the reason I brought it up is I just want listeners to realize it's a really creative and a cool idea. You know, now I'm, I'm digging what you're saying. So I just want to explore it more with you. Um, so tell me about what works and what doesn't work. What have you guys seen that flops versus uh, drive sales for, you know, you don't have to say the brand, but... What kind of things like do emojis drive sales or, you know, what kind of metrics have you collected and what have you seen as the effect of these tools you have? Yeah. So we look at things like brand lift um, and, it would, you know, those are really traditional metrics that um, a brand would look at and measure if they were doing something like a TV spot. So, you know, commonly a brand might put a TV ad out and then they would sample a number of users who have seen that ad. And, uh, against a control group and say like, hey, do you remember this brand? Do you, how do you feel about this brand? Do you have any intent to purchase this brand in the future? Um, you know, most media companies kind of release these, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or, you know, a, a, a TV advertiser. Um, and they work with specific agencies. So, so we wrap most of these executions with the brand list study. Um, and we've actually found, you know, 300% increases. We've been able to drive 300% increases against a control group uh, in terms of like, um, uh, in terms of intense purchase, brand awareness and brand affinity, which means I know about the brand, I like the brand and I intend to purchase the brand. So we've seen, you know, a really significant uptick um, in terms of consumers like feelings about brands and their intent to engage with them um, once they're kind of exposed to this content. Well, you know, like um, there's the 80-20 rule. Most of the stuff, probably doesn't have any effect a small part does or i bet there's certain things that you guys do that work 10 times better than the others so what are they like uh, yeah you know, what, so are emojis like the coolest thing or what's the killer app for you guys that really is working well versus yeah yeah, yeah i think consumers love emojis and i would say like like the difference between being hot and not um is sort of being i would call like um sort of like internet native or like understanding the language of the internet. So like content that works really well, it's conversational. So like, you know, thinking about the fact that consumers use this within messages with friends or family, like help them finish a sentence well, like help them, um, you know, be creative when the way that they're giving a friend a smiley face or a thumbs up, like really coming up with what we call conversational media works really well. Like, develop media that like people will want to share in a conversation um and you're more likely to do well if you just um kind of you know prop up a bunch of images of your products like you're not really giving consumers a, a great um a great opportunity to kind of share those because they're not really conversationally driven so yeah i, I think right. success and non-success like really deals with like you know kind of stating the obvious but like building up content that people want to share <laughs> yeah well it's not just the content but you're actually piggybacking on the mechanics of sharing. You know, like uh, when I send, right, uh, yeah. if I say LOL, LOL, 
but I can do it with like a branded, I don't know, like an Ikea shaped table, LOL or something, you know, or an emoji like that or a, you know, exactly that it, it, I like that because it requires no extra effort. The person looks cool because they're sending you this interesting looking emoji and it just weaves itself into the conversation without really sticking out. You know, I don't have to send you a picture of a, you know, a New Jersey that I want. It just comes naturally in, in the mechanics of the conversation, which I think is really cool. Right, right. And we look for opportunities to do that. Um, oh, yeah, all the time. I think most of our, like, most successful content is kind of exactly that. Like, it's just a branded version of a lull. Okay. So what kind of companies are good candidates for you guys to work? Do they have to be major brands or can small like mom and pop pizzerias and stuff work with you or who do you prefer and who will benefit um, most from your platform? Yeah. So I, I think the, the cut that benefits the most are like brands that have some level of affinity at any level, which means like they've got a core community of people who are enthusiastic about, about that brand. Cause you know, in order for consumers to start using this, like they do have to install the content, right? They have to opt in. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to make an opportunity for consumers to opt in, like you should have a brand that people kind of know about, right? So like new brand launches, like this isn't great for, like it's usually for for folks that have a little bit of goodwill with the existing community already. Um, and then, you know, like, but those could be any size. Like you could have a small to medium sized business. We work with a lot of universities. We work with a lot of small and regional sports teams. We work with a lot of the regional chains. Um, I think ATB actually has some emojis on our platform, uh, the the Texas uh, uh, Texas grocery chain. Yeah, because I think people are fans of like ATB, like they like it, right? Um, and I think right. if you can find a community of people who like your brand and they want to interact with it, then um, you're gonna have a bunch of success. And if but if you launch something new that people don't know about, it's not really a great way to drive awareness. Well, can you guys target geographically? Can you target? Um, demographically, you know, like only women users that are of a certain age or what, what kind of uh, targeting can you do? Yeah. So brands, so you know, we could, hit the right people. Yeah, we could target on demographic. We could target on behavior. We could target on location. You know, we've also got a couple of things that we're launching this quarter that allow you to unlock location, uh, unlock content at certain locations. So, you know, if you walk into a specific chain store the second or third time in a month, like we can reward you some emojis or a coupon that you can use there. Um, and, and that you could sort of share with your friends. So we think a lot about personalization and we think that that like, unlike TV, where you can sort of create one story that has to broadly appeal to a large group of people, the benefit of messaging is you can make it really narrow and really personalized. So, you know, like right. our bots, for example, like you can take, um, you know, I kind of walked this example before, but to kind of slow it down, like, you know, we had a beer company that was looking to deliver beer to people's front doors. Um, and they had, uh, you know, they had a partnership with, uh, uh, with the NFL. And so you would go into the bot and you just tell them who your favorite team was. And so I don't know if you're a Cowboys fan, cause they're often, but you know, if you just went in and told the bot, like, yeah, I like the Cowboys, you know, the bot would say like, okay, we'll see you later. And then when the Cowboys were about to play two hours before kickoff time, you get a message and be like, Hey, Rich, Cowboys are going to kick off. Like, do you want some beer? Like push this button. And um, you know, hmm. one of our delivery services will bring some to your front door. Um, like that idea wow. around, you know, you know, we saw 80% response rates on those, um, on those notifications because the, the consumers opted into it. Like it was a conversation where a consumer was like, yeah, I'll try this. And they opted in and they gave us some data and then we were able to use that data to deliver 
uh, like a deeply personal message at the right time. And we find that to be extremely powerful. And, and the data really backs us up on that. Like if we can drive personalized messages to people um, based on who they are, um, we're able to have uh, a great deal of success with, with those consumers and getting them to convert, getting them to purchase and getting them to share content. Um, because it, it shows like a level of um, kind of just intelligence around what, what you're messaging to that customer. Right. Very interesting. Let's talk a little bit more about the data. Are brands doing anything with it? Do you have to encourage them to do stuff with it? And what have you found is useful in your data mining or collection? You know that you can yeah. take action on. I know you, you just gave me an example. I know the beer, and that's like an event. It's event based. But what other things are you finding in the data that are useful? Well, the most useful data that we're able to find is actually explicitly, you know, and, and I think a beer example like falls in this category, but. Like, yeah, sure. Like, if you talk to a bot, like, we can get some basic information on you. Like, we can make some guesses about you. In the background, a lot of our keyboard applications, like, if the user is opted in, like, we know a little bit about your location and, you know, where you like to go, potentially. But but really, like, the way that we're able to use data the best is, you know, bots in particular are great data capture um, avenues. So, you know, because messaging feels like a fairly personal channel, um, and it isn't something you're like splaying out on your Facebook page or on Instagram or on Twitter. You can ask a lot of questions. So we find bots to be a really good place to do post-purchase customer surveys, um, you know, to get like onboarding data about like what favorite celebrities people have, how they feel about certain products. And and brands really want that data. They really want those insights. And they're able to to use it other places. So, you know, if you tell our bot like, you know, hey, I really like the Dallas Cowboys and I really like hot dogs. Um, you know, the brand can send you an email around the Dallas Cowboys and hot dogs, right? Like they can use that data to personalize what they're sending in other channels if they want to drive commerce. Um, and they also mm. just have a better sense of like how their consumers feel about things. So, you know, unlike in an email where you've got to click out and then like, you know, kind of get your fingers over like the, you know, this sort of survey data, like we've been finding that deploying those in um, messenger applications uh, is is a really really good way to get data collection. So we're finding that like brands that kind of get it and then get the ecosystem, like they really want to get as much. A lot of them are using brand, bots just for data capture, and they're using that data in other places to personalize their message to to consumers. Do you um, offer um, the data itself? Can people buy data anonymized from you? You know, no, we don't. Yeah, interact? we don't we're kind of more like Salesforce, like you buy our technology and you own your content as a brand, you own your data, your users opt into it. So we don't like, we don't resell or we don't do any panel of data. Like one of the things that we do do is like, we'll provide kind of competitive benchmarks based on your category. So if you're a beauty brand or you're a fashion brand, we might show you like how your bot is performing against other fashion apparel brands, right? Like how many users do they have? And, uh, you know, how engaged are they and how many times are they coming back? But that's kind of anonymized against the overall category. Like we wouldn't, you know, right. we wouldn't sell brand X, like brand Y specific data. And, and we don't really anonymize stuff. We just let our brands kind of own it. Okay. Makes sense. Just a couple more questions. I think it's really fascinating. and It's really innovative that you guys are doing this. What's next, you know, for you guys the rest of this year and in the next year or so, what, you, what new bots or creations or interactions? Do you coming up with? Yeah, so I mean, we're lean, we're really leaning to um, trying to get a bit more predictive about when to send. You know, like Rich, if we we're going to send you a message or send you an email or send you something else, uh, like when would be the best time to send it? 
but what would be the best content that's going to be most likely to get you to convert? So, you know, kind of to use the large topics of like AI, machine learning, like we're looking to apply an increased amount of machine learning to our data sets to be a bit more predictive about outcomes before we actually engage with consumers. So if we're going to send a message, we want to be highly confident that they're going to interact with it because we don't, you know, I think messaging is a very personal channel and you don't want to turn people off by sending a lot of, um, you know, kind of wiffle balls, like, you know, over the net, like hoping that they, they sort of work. So, right. you know, machine learning is a big thing for us. We're also going to be leaning more and more into natural language processing. So being able to take free text uh, and being able to parse out the intent of the user is uh, it's a big theme for us. And then also like multi-language. So, you know, we've got a lot of global customers and they're looking to do, um, you know, more dynamic content based on where you are and what language you speak. So, uh, supporting both our dashboard and our bots and our keyboards with like, you know, global sets of languages, having it be pretty dynamic. Um, like those are kind of big pieces. So like machine learning, AI, more endpoints and, and more languages are kind of you know, the big kind of areas of focus for us over the next course next year. And then also, you know, figuring out a better, you know, like just continuing to sort of innovate on the handoff between, you know, bots and humans. So being able to provide to a sales agent or a customer service agent more information about who this customer is, like what they're actually looking to accomplish, um, and how that agent can most efficiently do it are you know, kind of big themes for us as well. Well, very good. Christian, I love your guys' product. It's really interesting. I wish I could Thanks send you so an much, emoji Rich. right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm sending you the audio version of a smiley emoji right now. Thank you. So last question um, for people listening companies listening, what is the best way for them to start engaging with Snaps and finding out more and seeing if um, they can use your technology for their business? Sure. So, um, you know, they could, they could email me at, at Christian at makesnaps.com or they could find us on Facebook and they could talk to our bot and let's just, you know, search for uh, Snaps on Facebook and, and get chatting. Okay. Well, very good. I really appreciate you doing the interview. And uh, like I said, I think it's really interesting. Good stuff. Thanks so much, Rich. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.